Damn, I used to love this view Sit here and drink a few Main Street in the high school Lit up on Friday night Down there it's another touchdown Man, this year's team is stout I can hear them going crazy And up here so am I Think about you sitting there saying I hate this, I hate it If you couldn't stand living here Why'd you take it, take it, yeah This is my hometown. Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Derek. Summer is not going to go out easy. Um, One last round. <laughs> One last round. We got a, It's going to be 99 to 100 tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, looking to talk a couple records. It is hot, Derek. Uh, definitely, like we joked around, it definitely seems like one more round of summer. Before we wrap it up, I think the weather, from what I could tell, the 10 to 20-day uh, forecast looks pretty good. Looks like some highs in the 80s. So maybe this is one last round. I know you and I will be attending a football game this, this coming up uh, weekend down in Oxford. And so it's supposed to be sunny, but around 92, 93 degrees. 3 p.m. game because, you know, Ole right. Miss is just loves the 3 p.m. afternoon yeah. September games. We're ranked a little higher now. Can we get some kind of pool? <laughs> can, we get, well, can we get a 6 o'clock game? Can we get, you know, just good gracious. Yeah. Even the 8 p.m. game. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't, ooh, 8 o'clock is terrible. Eight, it's too late? Oh, that's too way late. too late. That's terrible. Do you, you teach it's, Sunday school on Saturday on Sunday? That's mornings true, that's true. As well, that's way too late. That's that's not. It is um, earlier than the 10 p.m. Mississippi State-Arizona game. Well, with the weather being hot outside, it is a good time to get around. Look around at houses. Look around at the possibility. If you're thinking about making a move for your family in the DeSoto County area, whether you're buying or selling a home, please consider reaching out to our presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 66 years of combined real estate experience, and they are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses are staying on the market, how fast they're closing, all that information that you would want from a realtor. Brian and Terry and their team are going to have it. Give them a call today, 662-449-1700. Call Brian's cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 461-SOLD-SO. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Again, that's teamcouch.com. Put in the number of bedrooms, bathrooms, school zones, all the information that you're looking for when it comes to a home in DeSoto County, and let Brian and Terry's website do all the work. Give them a call again, 662-449-1700, the number one real estate team in DeSoto County. Let them prove it to you. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And podcast listeners, always remember, every home, needs a couch utw podcast recorded each and every week at the mobile cars and van rental studios mobile cars and vans located at the corner of mccracken and commerce right here in hernando cars trucks vans cargo vans if you have an insurance claim if you have a car going into the shop for a transmission issue or any type of repair daily weekly or monthly rentals please consider spending local using local mobile cars and vans open every day from eight to four that's eight to four monday through friday give us a call 662-469-4555 that's 662-469-4555 i'll continue to say if you're going out of town for a football game if you're traveling for thanksgiving if you're traveling for christmas holidays we are starting to book up 662-469-4555 mobile cars and vans 
Well, Derek, before we go too deep into our show, I'll go ahead and go first for our words Please. of the weekend. Our words from the weekend, we typically throw out a word that uh, has something to do with the last three, four, or five days when it comes to the weekend for us here at the UTW Podcast. And before we went too deep into our show, Derek, I wanted to mention my word from the weekend, and it's going to be hurting, H-U-R-T-I-N-G. Since our last show, the Lewisburg community, the Lewisburg High School community, which is one of the, uh, the schools that we cover and have for the last couple of years, they lost their boys and and girls basketball coach Adam Tipton. Um, I've heard wonderful things about him. Uh, people in our Sunday school class uh, were good friends with uh, of his. Um, a lot of people in the Hernando area know his wife Meredith. She is a, a known and very involved equestrian uh, instructor in the area. So a lot of people know her through that. But um, Adam Tipton uh, passed away since our last show and. The Lewisburg community uh, is definitely hurting right now, and um, we just want to give our, our thoughts and our prayers to that area, that group of kids. I mean, what a different basketball season. Uh, wins and losses truly do not matter during the season for Lewisburg High School when it comes to basketball. A definite void you know, will be happening for the community of Lewisburg, and I didn't want to get too far into our show without saying prayers to the Tipton family. I know they have a soon-to-be two-year-old daughter. Uh, a situation, Derek, we've talked about it for two years now. Um, on our show. I mean, it's our show and we talk about what we want to talk about. And we said life is precious and um, our prayers are to, to the, the Tipton family for sure. I agree. It was very sad to hear. I guess caught wind of it sometime. Middle of last week. Middle, yeah. yeah it was it started. The hospital, yes. Yeah, had uh, gone to the hospital and then I think actually you knew about it um, Monday Monday or Tuesday. Went to the hospital. I think maybe about Wednesday we had heard about it. It was kind of passing around. There's a couple of people in my Sunday school class that also who knew knew him? Uh, you know, was it? We have a teacher there over there in the in the uh, at the Lewisburg, and so just very very sad. Uh, and you know, he was you know just late thirties. Um, and his dad had been a coach. His dad was actually a coach at Hernando when uh, my wife uh, went to Hernando. So just uh, a, a lot of uh, a lot of outpouring, a lot of uh, emotion. Uh, you know, I, I don't really get on social media much, but I do go on Twitter to find the uh, updates for scores and, and stuff like that, so we can report it to you here. And uh, there was a lot uh, going to Lewisburg Twitter. I mean, it was you know obviously I had to look for scores and stuff like that, but uh, there was just getting caught up in reading all the tweets and other schools all over the area, all over the state, reaching out to Lewisburg and how sorry they were. So just very very you know glad to see that, but also very sad. And you know another thing is is you know we always mention this at the end of the show, but please go listen to the OB Pod. Uh, Zach, uh, who does the uh, the Olive Branch podcast over the OB Pod, uh, he was actually a very close friend of Coach Tipton. Uh, also, uh, his coach tipped Adam Tipton's dad again, uh, who coached at Hernando, gave uh, Zach his first job, uh, and and the Soto County School. So just again, it was a very, uh, just a very emotional weekend, I'm sure for everybody there involved. And so we just want to say that our thoughts and prayers are with them. Yeah, we all know of different times where possibly a young person lost their lives at a local school, whether it be in a car accident or whether it be, uh, you know, something uh, different, but uh, a young coach, a young teacher, this is fairly rare, yeah. uh, no doubt. And so uh, just thinking about the kids that are walking into a classroom um, that they were walking into uh, all the time, walking into a locker room where he uh his smiling face and his instruction was there um just a really tough time so my word for this weekend is, is going to be hurting and that's going to be all about the lewisburg community the lewisburg high school community and his what like i said his his wife and young daughter are are headed towards uh, just a new different 
way of life that uh, I hope we all rally around them and uh, and work through that and, and help them through that. And so um, that was going to be my word from the weekend, Derek. But I know you have one that's uh, very nostalgic. Go ahead and give us your word from the weekend. Uh, my word from the weekend, Matt, has to do uh, with the song that uh, started our show today. Uh, my word is hometown. And, of course, this could also apply to Lewisburg. That, that hometown, that, that town has really been up through the weekend. So kind of a double meaning, which didn't really intend to be that way. But hometown is my word from the weekend. Went home uh, this past weekend, saw my parents for the first time since Christmas. And you in know, Natchez, you've seen your parents, right? First right, time, first time in yeah. Natchez, they've been up here three or four times, but my first time to go to Natchez since Christmas, and it was the first time with just my family going home. So my the the ones in my household by ourselves since pre COVID, probably I think fall of nineteen was the last time I had gone to Natchez where it wasn't a full household, you know, uh, of a holiday. So just uh, wanted to go down there and well, well past overdue. And so went down there and just had a wonderful weekend. Got we got there a little later than I wanted to on Friday night, uh, but we were able to uh, you know kind of stay up late and talk. And then Saturday did everything I wanted to do. A couple of new restaurants we went to eat at uh, in her, in Natchez, and then also uh, visited some you know new shops. A lot of things being redone in Natchez, which was wonderful, wonderful to see. Uh, actually, a pretty busy downtown. The only main event was a a British car show. Uh, which is kind of cool to see some little MGs, little Bentleys and stuff like that. But it, that's not a, really a main draw for Natchez. So it was just good to see. They are very excited about the boats coming in soon. Uh, I talked to that. They're going to have their ramp ready by 2024, I think. Uh, they're going to have – there's actually three cruise companies. Vikings, obviously the main one. But besides the two paddle boats that already stopped there, they're going to have three more cruise lines, actual you know cruise ships, stop there starting in 2024 uh, will be one of the stops. Now, Vikings starting obviously this year. Memphis will be a stop for that right now. But Natchez is a planned stop and will be added to the route once their ramp is ready in 2024. So wonderful to see the hometown and, and to see it doing well. Many houses have sold that have been for sale for a long time. That was good to see. Took a, a, a nice early morning run on Saturday morning to see everything and uh, got to watch the sunset, which I love doing on the bluff. It's my hometown, I know, but if you need a weekend trip in Mississippi, reach out to me. I'll be happy to set you up on, on what you need to do and see in Natchez. So anyway, really good to get home, Matt, and uh, that's my word from the weekend. You know, Derek, I have a little bit of a prediction. I, I predict like places like Natchez, places that are maybe an hour and a half, two hours away from Jackson, Mississippi, are going to begin to turn the corner as far as getting back to thriving because Jackson's such a mess. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be tacky. Yeah. Jackson, Mississippi is absolutely a mess. Hattiesburg's going to get stronger. Meridian's going to get stronger. Yeah. Laurel's getting stronger Vicksburg. every day. Vicksburg, Natchez, all those different places that are within an hour and a half, two hours of Jackson because people are just uh, sick of it. I mean, Jackson, Mississippi seems to be run by people that are uh, out for themselves and not for the city and the people that they're representing in the city of Jackson. And uh, yeah, I predict an hour, hour and a half, two hours away, those places are going to thrive. And then Jackson is simply, sadly, as our capital city will continue to die on the vine, which uh, that's a whole nother show, a whole nother podcast we can talk about. But Derek, that's going to have to do with city leadership and part of leadership or meetings. Let's break down the second Alderman meeting for the month of September. Tell us what you got. All right. This is the second regular Alderman meeting. Of course, they've had several this month uh, with the budget talks and that sort of thing. But this is the second uh, regular, the third, uh, third Tuesday in September. And a couple of things, uh, one of them I want to ment- mention uh, in the consent agenda, go ahead and mark your calendars. The Flocker on the Block 5K is now set for April 1st of next year. So that's going to look to approve that. I, I see that as a no problem. But uh, we, we talk about a run that's coming up, a couple of runs that are coming up in our shout outs on Fridays. Uh, this one will be next April, but go ahead and mark that on your calendar. 
Uh, Matt, then getting in the meat of the agenda, there's a couple, two or three main things that they're going to be looking at. Now, this is not a very large agenda, only 16 items. So hopefully, you know, depending on how long these discussions are, it may not be too long of a meeting. But the first main one on here uh, will be the approval of the speed bumps ordinance. So this is, we've talked about this in the past, and they had looked at several cities. They asked the uh, city attorney to put something together, have it approved. You know that he approved to bring before them 30 days later, and so we're not. This has been a month later, and we'll hopefully we'll be getting tomorrow night on Tuesday night an ordinance where people in the community, if you want speed bumps for your neighborhood or your area, is that mainly going to be homeowner associations could probably do this? Yeah, I mean, I'll, it sounds it, it's going to be detailed. So you're going to have to like uh, have the police come out there. They're going to have to run checks. Uh, you're going to have to get people in on that street or in that area. That's I'm, a, I'm hoping as they define that for us tonight. If not, I'm going to try to read it as soon as right. it's put out to see because you actually have to petition everybody around there. Hey, sure. you yeah. got to agree to this. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot that goes certain, into it. A certain number. But certain. I would say, so you're having something like a homeowner association help, you know, right. that would be a great thing for yes. an individual. It may take a lot of work. But anyway, that's going to be discussed. So really looking forward to what they come out from that. And again, we know that for our neighborhood, we are going to petition this. So it's just a matter of, okay, what steps do we need to take? And probably approximate, you know, time length to go through all the steps in order to get there. Uh, the next one is to request a revived C4 plan commercial. Uh, this is a uh, something that was done about a month or two ago. This is that Star Landing commercial property up there at Star Landing and 51. They're having to revise it in some form or fashion, so we'll kind of see if there's anything big on that. Right after that is another ordinance. So we already had the speed bump ordinance. Now the introduction of a mobile food vendor food truck ordinance. Many people on here have complained because Hernando does not allow food trucks. Now you can have them for special city events, like uh, the A-Fair, the Water Tower Festival coming up this weekend, you know, things like that. But you cannot have somebody set, you know, sitting up somewhere Monday through Friday selling food. There have been a lot of outcry. Well, you know, hey, people may want a you know, quick taco truck, quick something like that just to be able to grab it and run. Uh, obviously, Memphis allows it. At, even, you know, of course, uh, Seaside basically is, is set up that way for, you know, stuff like that. So there are you know, nice communities that have these things. How, how do they make it work? How could Hernando make it work? A lot of people have been asking for this. And uh, so maybe they're, they're an introduction of it. So I'm sure it will be discussion tonight. I don't expect them to pass anything tonight, but at least it sounds like they've been gathering information and we'll discuss how this could be done. Well, you're, um, you're probably going to have a mixture of people who want it and maybe uh, people that don't. That's right. That's so, right. I mean, and that's yeah. what the meeting's about. Yeah. That's what it's about. And, and if they do allow it, you know, what area of town sure. will they be allowed in? So those will all be things that will be discussed. There's going to be three deputy clerks named. Uh, Eva Ward, Julia Gates, and Beth Garcia will be appointed deputy clerks. Uh, and then the last thing, this is the approved budget amendments for uh, fiscal year 2022. So that's this current year. They're going to go ahead and amend it again. We're almost to the end of it. It ends in uh, 12 days, 11 days from recording, 10 days from when you listen to this. But they're going to have a couple amendments to go ahead and adjust that because they might have gone over here in a couple of uh, – in a couple areas, so we'll see if there's anything big on that. And then, Matt, that's really it for the, the main meeting. There is an executive session for water negotiation. Uh, we're not sure what that means. Jackson, if, we're, we're, we're negotiating <laughs> clean water, as I was saying earlier. We're, we're yeah, negotiating hope clean we're not water. There. We're driving tankers of water to Jackson, Mississippi, because they are uh, morons. At so. an extremely high fee. Extremely I high. I hope like so. The water negotiation. I hope so. Uh, no, we don't know what it is. If there's any information, we'll reach out to a couple of aldermen or persons. Uh, after the meeting to see if they want to comment anything or just something in general. But uh, again, it's an executive session, so that we don't have to know about it. We, we may not be able to find out anything, uh, but that is on the agenda. And Matt, that's uh, that'll be it for the Tuesday night meeting. Speaking of that, Derek, have uh, the water bills are higher. 
I don't know if you noticed the water bills are a bit higher. Water bills are higher. Water yes. bills are definitely yes. higher. We don't have to go into that. I'll just simply say that because <laughs> mine's on auto draft. And so you look up, you're like, whoa, City of, City of Fernando. Uh, that, that hits you right there. Well, so. do what everybody else does. Just blame Decrua. Decrua. When in doubt. What, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we need to uh, send some Decrua down to Jackson and uh, let Jackson cover it. Of course, yeah. they, they, struggle with, uh, they struggle with collecting their bills anyway. Yeah. That's a little, yeah. I think they have over $100 million in non-collected fees. I had not seen that. You had not seen that? I had not they seen that. They have over $100 million dollars in non-collected water bill fees wow which is an explanation that, on a that, number that of would help things. that would help put in new pipes i'm just saying that would be a, imagine, go a long that, way. Derek. imagine go that long imagine way. the need to collect water bills from people that use water to fix your water to fix your water or yeah imagine that wow it's amazing how we could probably if you gave me a week in jackson mississippi i would have it a thousand times better than they have it right now <laughs> It's, it's literally that simple. Thank you to the Board of Aldermen, to the city mayor, and all the people that have to be there on the first and third Tuesday. Um, we really appreciate you doing city, city business and uh, working on those different things. Let's go out a little bit larger. This is not something that is Hernando-related, but it is definitely something that shapes the current and future for Hernando schools. A bit of turnover going on in the school board. Tell us about it. All right, yeah. So the makeup of the, of the DeSoto County School Board of Education will be changing beginning in October and to continuing after the November general election. So District 3 board member Ann Jolly, the longest-serving board member who has been on the board since 1989, announced last Thursday, so after we recorded our show, and that the uh, school board meeting recessed, her retirement will become effective October 1st. So Jolly, who has dealt recently with health issues, leaves the seat representing the westernmost part of DeSoto County after 34 years on the board. At the same time, District 1 board member Milton Nichols, who represented the easternmost part of the county, including Olive Branch, did not file for re-election at the deadline, saying he felt it was, it was time to step aside. Current board member Michelle Henley has her six-year term expiring this year and has filed for re-election in November. So Henley faces opposition in November from April Wright, uh, who has already uh, applied to run against her. Uh, she is a. Uh, she had run, I think, previously for an alderman position in South Haven and had lost. And then the final board seat for Mr. Nichols is up. They have two people uh, applied for that spot. James Eric Wright and Josh Sullivan, both of Olive Branch, are on the November ballot for Nichols' seat on the board. Matt, that means there is definitely going to be two new members and a possibly three new school board members uh, on the school board when it convened for the first time in January compared to the sitting board members that started you know, for this year and the last couple of years. So that's a huge change. Absolutely. So there's only five board members. Correct. Two of them definitely will change. So that's 40% of the board, possibly a 60% of the board changing in January to set all of the new policies going forward with everything. We know how the school board and or school issues come up every day. Uh, we're having, you know, we now have uh, officers in every school because of um, unfortunate school shootings. We know that there's a new Hernando High School that's breaking in the process of breaking ground right now. Uh, so all these new changes happening, potentially having you know, 60% of the school board change hands. Yeah, and podcast listeners, remember two things, Derek. Curriculum and, and what we teach in the Soda County schools is set by the school board. And then since, and just in the last couple of years, or since he was last elected. That's right. Corey Usselton, the superintendent of education who has been on our show, uh, who you and I both know personally, that's no longer an elected position. That's a hired position right. by the school board. That's correct. So that's what, that's another reason this is a really big deal. Um we talk about all the time, the 36,000 students here with the Soda County Schools. Um, the, our schools have been on the 
cutting edge and the forefront when it came back to getting in person, which is a big deal in the last two years, uh, whether it be masking, whether it be the curriculum, whether it be, uh, you know, what we value in the Soto County. And uh, that's, that's really, really big for a school board to have that much turnover at one particular time. So very interesting to see what that looks like. The Hernando, this does not affect Hernando from a seat standpoint, no. but it definitely affects all of us when it comes to the future of DeSoto County Schools. So we'll be paying attention to that uh, closely. Educate yourself on it. Take a look at it. Google what we just talked about. Read the papers. Uh, learn about the different people. If you know or have friends or family in that school district, in that area, uh, maybe you can uh, help you know, contact them, educate them on who's running, educate them on uh, the different things going on in the school board coming up uh, in November. So definitely a lot going on there, Derek, with the school board. And speaking of a lot going on, I don't know if you had the opportunity. Actually, you, you didn't. Of course, you were in Natchez, Mississippi. But I know beautiful weather, wonderful weekend for the Hernando Farmers Market, our seasonal sponsor. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh local experience. Now with over 50 vendors on the historic Hernando Square from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's 8 to 1 every Saturday. Some of those vendors include Big Acres Farm, Hernando Point Farm, Kills Country Market, Miss Pat's Homemade Pound Cakes and Yeast Breads, Coffee Central, Precision Sharp, Moon Lake Pecans. Those are just some of the over 50 vendors there every Saturday morning ready to serve the Hernando community. Get out this weekend and support the Hernando Farmer's Market, arguably the best farmer's market in all the Mid-South. Gia Matheny and her team do a wonderful job transforming the historic Hernando Square to the Hernando Farmer's Market. Get out this weekend, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., on the historic Hernando Square. We want to wish continued success throughout the 2022 season for the Hernando Farmers Market. Are you a hardworking and motivated individual looking for a full-time or part-time career in commercial insurance? Holland Insurance wants you on their team. Holland Insurance was founded in 1981 and has been staffed with local industry experts who are eager to make a difference in every life they touch. They work with companies like Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, Humana, United, Nationwide, Builders Mutual, Haggerty, Liberty Mutual, Old Republic. Some of the largest insurance companies in the world trust Holland Insurance to be their provider in DeSoto County. Give them a call today at 662-895-5528. That's 662-895-5528. Located in South Haven, but ready to serve anyone under the water tower. Call Jerry Holland or Bruce Robinson with Holland Insurance today. Again, 662-895-5528. Middle of our Tuesday show always brings us to a uh, what a lot of people would say is their favorite time of the week, their favorite thing that we do with the UTW podcast. Our DeSoto County Fact of the Week given to us every week by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum. The DeSoto County Museum located right across the street from Bank Corp South on Commerce Street, open 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. That's 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Here's the best part. Admission is always free. If you're looking for something to do with your uh, maybe toddler, maybe your uh, teenager, take them to the DeSoto County Museum. Show them all the different exhibits and artifacts for this wonderful county we live in. They never let us down. Tell us this week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Matt, this week's DeSoto County Fact of the Week is about civic clubs. Civic clubs like the crew of Hernando have played a major part in the life of DeSoto County seat almost since its establishment. By the 1880s, most of the men in the community belonged to the Masonic Lodge, which met upstairs over the Payne and Bell store. The Payne and Bell store was located at the corner of Commerce and Temple. A new organization known as the Oriental Order of Humility 
which was founded in Ohio, was just getting started in 1876 and reorganized in 1924. This was an ancient mystic order of the Samaritans governed by the Supreme Sanctorium. Some really uh, strange, Dr. Strange level club there right there, Matt. The African-American men of the community belonged to a group known as the United Sons of Ham. The young ladies of the community belonged to groups like the Hermethean Club, which sponsored ice cream suppers, complete with music and dancing at the historic 1872 French Castle-style courthouse that, of course, were burned down in 1940. An interesting note was that one of the first prominent Jewish patriarchs in town, Joseph Goodman, was invited to the Masonic Lodge made up of white Christian men in the 1870s and 80s. He would accept their invitation and over the years would rise to the rank of 32nd degree Mason and attain the rank of senior warden. Goodman Road was named for the Goodman family. Now, Matt, of course, that's a you know great thing. Rob always gives us great information. But something, you know, when you said that the uh, Masonic Lodge was located at the corner of Commerce and Temple, I had to reach out to I said, now, Rob, where is Temple Road? I'm not familiar with Temple Road. So an additional fact he said is that some people may be wondering where that Temple Road is. Temple Street was located where Highway 51 North starts now. So basically, the lodge was above a building located either where the gas station is currently or the vacant lot that used to have a building on it that burned down years ago. Now, Rob sent me a great map drawing of the square as it first existed, and Highway 51 north of the square was known as Temple, and south of the square was known as Westbrook. Of course, this was taken over uh, when the state came through and put in old Highway 51, and that was, you know, obviously it was connected. It was already connected, but it was changed from those two names to Highway 51 north and south. Thank you, Rob, for another wonderful Fact of the Week. And you're right, Derek, uh, from that Fact of the Week, a lot of great civic organizations take place uh, each and every month, every week here in the uh, the city of Fernando, and just a wonderful, you know, addition. So thank you again, Rob Long, for a wonderful Fact of the Week. DeSoto County Museum, located on Commerce Street, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Something else that's been around for a very, very long time and been a staple in the city of Fernando is DeSoto Family Dental Care. And DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the live process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Podcast continues to be brought to you by one of our longtime sponsors, Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, fence repair, grading of your property, anything on the outside of your home or office, Richard Williams and his team would love to be of service. Give him a call today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. You can also learn tons more at williamslawnmaintenance.com and also learn more on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. I'll continue to say it. Richard is the kind of guy that you want to Bring onto your property. See if he can help you with a project. If he can't do it, he'll help you find someone who can. He's the kind of guy that you want involved when it comes to projects at your home. Call him at 662-292-8855. Williams Services. 
we wrap up the UTW podcast the same way each and every episode, and that's going to be with high school sports. We're going to talk a little bit about football and uh, updates from the Hernando Tiger big win this past Friday. I'm going to eat some crow. I'm going to eat some crow. Oh, yeah. Both thought, are. Both well, are. We both are. I'm going to eat a little crow there, but the huge win for the Hernando Tigers right there under the big white water tank. But before we get there, tell us about some other sports since our last show. We're starting off, as we always do, at North Point Soccer. Uh, North Point faced off against another tough district team on Thursday, Lausanne at Lausanne. The Lady Trojans were still looking for their first district win. The Trojans fought hard the entire game and only gave up one goal, but they could not find the back of the net themselves. They lose a heartbreaker 1-0 and fall to 6-6, 0-5 in the district. Their next game is Tuesday night, still looking for their first district win. It will be against Westminster at home and is senior night. This is the last uh, regular season home game. Not sure about playoff scenarios. Sometimes you know, there's a thing where everybody in the district makes kind of like a round-robin thing and goes forward. Not sure about that. Once we find that information after this game, of course, this game may have bearing on that. So once this game is over with, uh, we'll let you know Friday kind of what is in store uh, for the Lady Trojans in any kind of playoff scenario. Definitely start off hot, but uh, once they got into their district, got into the Memphis teams that, you know, a lot of travel ball girls, that yeah. type of stuff, it, it kind of settled in a bit there. Well, they this is the best season they've had. I mean, they, you know, when you lose to Lausanne 1-0, sure. when you lose, when you tie St. George and have to go to PKs, I mean, that's, that's definitely improvement for, a, you know, a, a squad that's only been – together seven or eight years it's only been it's only a seven or eight year program so they've made some improvements but yet still need to get over that hump maybe getting that first district win here uh tuesday night next lewisburg volleyball and again before we start just saying condolences again to everybody at lewisburg and all the, you know everything they're going through right now our hearts and, and prayers are with you uh, lewisburg faced off against desoto central on thursday night which for all intents and purposes was a battle for the one seed in their 6A district. Lewisburg lost the first set in extra games 24-26, and then the second set by two games again 23-25. They got down in an 0-2 hole, and D.C. only needed one more set for the match. The Lady Patriots fought back and took the third set 25-20, and then was on the right end of a two-game win in the fourth set 25-23. The fifth set was for the match, and the Lady Patriots complete their comeback with a 15-9 victory and the match win. The Lady Patriots are now 12 and 10, 3 and 0 in district, and hold the one match lead over DC, whom they'll have to play again in the next couple weeks. For Lewisburg, Ella Grace Holloway had 18 kills, Lana Farrell had 11 kills, Jada Bradley had six kills and served 10 aces, Lillian Hodges and Reagan Meadows had 13 digs each, and Anna Kate Hall had 11 digs, seven assists, and served four aces. Lewisburg's next home game is a district match Tuesday night against Center Hill. So looking to stay perfect in district. Now turning to Hernando Volleyball. Hernando faced South Panola in the second match of the district matchup and the next to the last match of the year for the Lady Tigers. Hernando took care of business again like they did on Tuesday and took the match 25-20, 25-16, 25-20. They're now 8-3, 5-0 in district and have one more district game on Thursday against South Haven to try and get the one seed. However, the next match is Tuesday, where they will play an in-school game, which, if you're not listening to this, please switch over to that right now. <laughs> it's going to be taking place about 9 a.m. Tuesday morning, which is being sponsored by the one, the only, UTW Podcast. That's right, Derek. We're always big uh, supporters. Mr. Brian Couch runs the live stream, so we figure uh, he supports us, so we definitely want to support the Hernando Lady Tigers. Uh, most people are going to be hearing this after this game's already been played, but Lake Comrade and Hernando 
play each other extremely hard, extremely well. Should be a very neat game, uh, in-school game. Uh, every seat is taken. The kids get to uh, raise money. It's a good fundraiser that they do, and they swap with Lake Carmorant for years. So, uh, you know, good luck, Lady Tigers, when it comes to that. And definitely good luck on Thursday trying to get the one seed for an opportunity to uh, get a bye in the playoffs. They do. This is the first year that uh, I talked with Brian about this. He said this is the first year that the one seeds get byes. So this is it. They're, they're allowing three teams out of the district instead of two to make the playoffs, and the first, the first seed does get a bye. So that's huge for the Lady Tigers. Moving on to the only football game, as you mentioned, that we had in town this past weekend, the Hernando Tigers looking to start their next winning streak. But, Matt, they would have to get past a good Arkansas team to do it. The Tigers welcomed the Leopards into town from Malvern, and those who went Friday night saw an outstanding game from the Tigers. The game got off to a fast start with Malvern scoring on their first two plays and the Hernando scoring on one play to take a 7-6 lead. Hernando made its extra point, and Malvern had missed their two-point conversion. Hernando then turned a Malvern fumble into another seven points, but that was quickly matched by a rushing TD from the Leopards and a two-point conversion to tie the score at 14-14. Topher Jones then put the Tigers ahead again 21-14, but had to leave the game with injuries soon after that, and both teams traded scores again to push the score to 28-22, which was the score at halftime. Hernando scored on its first possession in the third quarter to take a 35-22 lead on a Brody Martin touchdown. Hernando got an interception by Lawson on the next leopard possession, and it looked like Hernando was stopped until they faked the punt, and then Landon Speck, who came in for Jones, hit Tyler Starnes for a 64-yard touchdown pass. The extra point was missed, and the score was then 41-22. The teams trade scores again, and Hernando ices it late with a pick six by Malachi Bryant to bring the final score to 55-29. A huge win for the Tigers, and one that we both got wrong. I was close with 28 points from Auburn, but the offensive output for the Tigers was impressive, and I know the team and us here at the UTW Podcast are excited to see how they do in district. The Tigers are now 3-1 and one and will travel to South Panola for that first district game this Friday that we will preview along with the Lewisburg and North Point games. Yeah, Hernando and South Panola, just since we've started our show, have had some really strong yeah. Uh, games over the last couple of years. Uh, Hernando got a, a huge playoff victory two seasons ago down at South Panola. So definitely we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I'm going to eat some crow right here, but Hernando matched them, you know, speed for speed, score for score. And then Hernando slowly just began to uh, distance themselves a little bit. And uh, Topher Jones, I uh, don't have an update yet on him. I hope he's doing well. I hope he's he's doing okay. But uh, Landon Speck came in, a senior quarterback who, you know, he missed all of last season and, you know, from a knee injury and a sophomore year. So it was good to see him get out there, get some reps under him, and uh, as we march on. So whether it's Topher under center or Landon under center, uh, we definitely will be pulling for the uh, Hernando Tigers as they uh, start district play and see if we can put something together under new coach Steve McCann. Well, it seems like they're running the ball pretty well, Matt. Uh, they, they got over the top a couple times, you know, on some uh, deep passes, which is always great, kind of loosen up the defense. But uh, I think what is encouraging to what we're seeing is, you know, Grenada came – to DeSoto Central uh, this past Friday, beat DeSoto Central on their home turf 13-7. And this is a team that Hernando lost to at Grenada. In only the rain. By, in the, in rain. the rain, only by two points, 15-13. Probably should have won it right. other than two long passes. That game was Hernando's you know, to win. And so, I, you know, knowing DeSoto Central, I, you know, I feel pretty good uh, against their chances against Lewisburg. Uh, you know, they already beat Lake Cormoran, of course, but that's not a um, that's not a, a district match. But, you know, Center Hill seems like something they can handle. So, you know, we'll see how South Haven seems like a pretty good team usually. Olive Branch has a pretty good team usually. But, you know, top four make the playoffs, and they, Hernando may be looking pretty good for the uh, third 
third year in a row playoff. And we'll be here ready to cheer them on. Thank you to uh, our loyal listeners who uh, you know tune in to us recapping and previewing the games. We really appreciate all that. We will be back to our three-game schedule with North Point and Lewisburg uh, back uh, playing football this Friday night, and we look forward to previewing those games coming up on Friday. Look, if you enjoy what we discuss, the different things we talk about, um, we really appreciate you sharing that letting others know all about the UTW podcast. And I'll go ahead and say it. If you enjoy our show, OB Pod, look them up. They cover the eastern side of DeSoto County. Also talk about Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch Athletics. And as Derek mentioned at the beginning of the show, this week, uh, Zach Sims, the gentleman who runs the OB Pod, uh, had some wonderful words to say about his friend Adam Tipton. So I just want to lead at the end of our show for that. Look up OB Pod. If you've never heard it, this is the week to go and listen. As I mentioned, if you enjoy our show, share it. Share it with friends and family. Share it on Facebook, Hernando Happenings, anywhere you'd like. Simply take the link, share it to friends, share it to coworkers, anybody. Let people know what we're doing here on the UTW Podcast. Also, wherever you listen to our show, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, give us a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up. Simply helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. Derek, hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you uh, survive the 100-degree heat coming for Wednesday. <laughs> hope you survive that. Like I said, I believe this is – hopefully this will be our last juggernaut of a uh, of a summer temperatures, and we can start to enjoy our fall coming up. Speaking of fall, Matt, our next show will be out the first full day of fall. Okay, that's going to be Friday. Friday. There you go, Friday. First full day of fall. Looking forward to that. Hope everybody has a wonderful week right here in Hernando and DeSoto County at large. We really appreciate you tuning in, and we thank you for being a loyal listener to the UTW podcast well Derek if there's nothing else I'm Matt and I'm Derek join us next time under the water tower Sweet.